Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dog, Lucy. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs whose work is inspired by their dogs. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. On this episode, I'm talking to a woman who helps other women and pet-run businesses get their branding and marketing in order. Do you know who your target audience is? We'll get into why you need to know and how it will help you grow your pet-related biz. Plus, learn about some productivity apps that are great for people who run multiple businesses. Let's dive in. Kim Dow is an entrepreneur at heart. She's combined her creative spirit with her drive to empower women and her love of animals to start three award-winning businesses. Her flagship company is SAS Studios, a boutique branding and creative design studio that specializes in supporting and empowering women-owned and pet-related businesses by helping them cultivate their visual voice. Kim also launched SAS Magazine that covers a variety of topics, including career, wellness, travel, style, and more, as well as special features on women doing amazingly kick-ass things. Additionally, Kim recently launched EverydayDogMagazine.com, a lifestyle website for modern-day dog owners and lovers. When not at work, Kim can be found hanging out at home with her husband and high school sweetheart, Jimmy. They share their Frederick, Maryland home with their rescued animals, two pit bulls named Kai and Bruce, and their very old but very spunky cat. (laughs) Hey, Kim. Hi. Hi, Tori. How How are you? you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be here today. Me too. I'm really excited to hear about everything that you do. I love that... um, you've found a way to inject pets into your business, but then you kind of started a whole separate pet-related business too. So that's really exciting. Yep. So let's start by talking about SAS Studio. So that seems to be kind of like your, if you could say, flagship business. Um, And you help entrepreneurs and and petrepreneurs cultivate creative branding. So what what exactly does that mean? What What do you do at SAS Studios to help people? Yeah, so at SAS Studios, where it's a creative services studio or a graphic design firm, um, so we work with, we specialize in working with women-owned businesses or pet-related, pet-owned businesses or organizations, um, just to kind of give them a professional look. So starting with their branding, you know, whether that's logo, business cards, website, the basics, to we design full, full magazines for some of our clients billboards, advertising, brochures, kind of anything that you can fit it, like hold in your hand, we'll, we'll create. Um, and then of course we also do websites and digital, digital ads, some um, Facebook graphics, things like that. So anything visual, um, we're here to create. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I noticed in your bio was, um, you, you use the term your visual voice. And I just thought that was so interesting because so many of us who have online businesses, we don't get to really speak to so many people face to face, but all your social media and everything is very visual. So mm-hmm. what are some questions that, that you ask your clients or that listeners should be asking themselves when they're trying to figure out their visual voice? So the very first question you need to ask yourself and figure out is who is your target target market? Who is your audience? Who are you speaking to? And really honing in on that. Um, you know, maybe your audience is everybody, but let's 
you can't really come up with one visual look that appeals to everybody. So even though you might have clients, various clients in different places, think about who your dream client would be. Like who is that special person that you really want to talk to? Um, every time you create a visual, um, even if it's down to what you're typing on your social media or what your website is saying, the photos that you're using, anything, just have that person in mind so that you're speaking directly to them. And a lot of people think that that might alienate other people who they might want to do business with. It really doesn't. It just kind of makes you have a niche and a focus and it kind of sets you up as an expert. And what happens a lot of times is those people who are sort of outside of that realm, like want to work with you even more because you have this kind of special, special look or special voice. Yeah. People definitely definitely know who your audience is. Like, yeah, that I, I love that. And, um, I, I hear that all the time. A lot of people, because I think I've I've narrowed down my audience pretty tightly for wear, wag, repeat, uh, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm trying to reach stylish dog moms. And you know, there are people outside of that exact circle who read my content. Um, I, I get since I have a chocolate lab. There's a lot of like dudes who are fishermen who follow my account because they just like chocolate labs. <laughs> so uh-huh. they're outside of my target demographic. Um, but but when you look at all of my content, you can tell exactly you know what my brand is about. So um, people are always asking me, what about what about the guys and what about the cat people? And you just can't appeal to everybody. Right. If you if you're trying to appeal to everybody, you're not really appealing to anybody per, per se. Right. So um, you, you can't please everyone. So you and your business can't really please everyone. I mean, it can, but like you have to hone in. So let's talk about websites a little bit more. Um, I, I spend a lot of time looking at pet businesses, websites, and especially when I'm looking for people that I, that I want to interview for this podcast, I'm always looking at the about page. And, um, I wanted to just kind of get some advice from you that that might be able to help the readers. Um, when I look at people's about pages, I, it's kind of like my pet peeve is like, I always see it and it's like, this company was founded in 1996 and it's like very just like static and it doesn't have a lot of personality that like, pets have so much personality. I think if we're inspired by our pets, our websites and everything should kind of reflect that. So, mm-hmm. so what can someone do on their website to help them connect with their audience? Maybe like write a better about page or, or, you know, what do they need to have a better website? Well, again, going back to, you have to know who your audience is. So your website is a marketing tool and you always have to think of it as a tool. It's one tool out of hopefully many that you have. Um, so you shouldn't just, just rely on your website alone for everything. Um, so I think that goes into who are you talking to? So if you're talking, you know, if you're talking to corporate, super corporate high ups or associations, then maybe having an about page that is a little bit more, uh, stoic and I don't want to say boring, but maybe that is right for you. But if you're, if you're in a pet business and you're talking to consumers and you're talking to uh, like other, other pets, or you want to have your, your pet site have like almost the personality of you or your, uh, or your pet, then just think about talking in your own voice as if you're talking to your, your, your friend or again, your, that, that target market. Um, so yeah, adding in some of the fun stuff, um, fun facts or ways of phrasing something, um, can be just, just, just enough what you need. Always keep it professional though. 
Um, right. So it is, it is finding that balance of being professional and also kind of smart and savvy. Um, and, you know, for us, since we're SAS Studios, we always say, like, keep it, keep it sassy. So in yeah. all of our, te- on all of our texts, we, we make sure we have that, just that little tiny edge that takes it a little bit over. So you kind of have to find that for yourself, what that means for you. Yeah. And I was, um, I was actually just looking at, um, Everyday Dog Magazine, which is one of your other businesses. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, one of the articles on the homepage that I clicked on was like five things you can do to promote your pet business online or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of, one of those five things was to share, share about yourself or, you know, um, you know, maybe share a photo of you or tell a little bit, um, a little bio thing. Do you have any advice for people with, with that kind of stuff? Cause I know when I see uh, a lot of pet businesses, they feature the pets in the forefront, which of course is important, but I love to kind of see the person behind it, which is probably why I started this podcast <laughs> so I can uh-huh. interview people. Um, but do you, do you think that's a good idea to show yourself, uh, even on like your pet Instagram? Yes, absolutely. Um, because especially if you have a pet business and you're working with other people's pets, that is so personal. That's something that's so personal to your clients. You know, the pets are their family essentially. If, if you just show them photos, stock, stock photos or photos of animals and they don't know who you are, especially on your website, like that's, a, that's one of the first ways that they get to know you in a sense. So if you have photos of yourself, um, photos of you with your pet, photos of you with some of your past clients, like that already starts to establish that trust and to kind of see you interacting with animals and kind of establishing, almost getting to know you in a way without, before they even get to know you. So because the pet industry is so personal. Yeah, I would definitely say use photos of yourself. Although I would also say use quality photos of yourself. So, you know, I know, I know a lot of people hiring a photographer is sometimes expensive, but there's a lot of really great pet photographers who might do something for a trade or, or, you know, something like that. Or maybe it's just something that you really need to invest in that you can use on all of your marketing throughout or have a friend, um, you know, go and take a photo of you like specifically to have that photo, like don't just use, you know, a snapshot of you from eight years ago that you cropped in on. That's all fuzzy. Like make sure that it's still professional. Yeah. That's a great point. I think a lot of people don't, um, or they just kind of like leave the photography until the last second because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have 8,000 things on our (laughs) plates and so much to worry about and like writing the copy and writing a blog post and doing your social media. And then sometimes, putting makeup on and getting dressed nice to go take photos is at the bottom of the list for a lot of people. Sure. But, but those photos, you know, if you just, even if you hire a photographer for a couple hundred dollars, they could last you a couple of years, um, as your, as your bio, your headshot or whatever. Exactly. And you'll be able to use them on other marketing pieces as well. So you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of use out of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, so speaking of photos, you have lots and lots of great images, um, on, on both of your magazines, websites. Um, tell us a little bit, you, you just do so many things. So tell us about SAS magazine and then maybe like, how did you come to own everyday dog magazine? Sure. Um, so, okay. So here's, here's the story of how they all, all three of kind of all three of my businesses, if you, if you will sort of work together, it started with a graphic design company. Um, and I'm a women, women owned business. And I, I just kind of really, um, 
clicked with other women-owned businesses. Um, and so we started working specifically with women-owned businesses. Um, we also started doing a lot of magazines for our clients. Um, and it got to the point where we loved magazines so much that we wanted to start our own magazine. Um, and where I live in Frederick, Maryland, which is kind of Western Maryland, about an hour outside of DC or Baltimore, there wasn't really a, a resource for, for women in our community to kind of celebrate what they were doing. And there's a lot of amazing women here. Um, so we decided to go ahead and take our magazine design skills and what we had learned through the graphic design firm, which is now SAS Studios, and create SAS Magazine, which is a quarterly print magazine. Um, it's a women's lifestyle and professional magazine. And the print magazine is geared towards women in the Western Maryland region. So we we talk about um, women in our area doing just amazing things. We talk about um, kind of edgier things that, that women like doing. We have like your fashion and your beauty and recipes and all of all of those things because I mean let's not lie we all we all love all of that. But we also go into career wellness. Uh, we do like feature articles that are kind of unexpected, like women women who women in weightlifting, women who ride motorcycles, um, women in certain career fields that are typically male oriented. So we like to to take that edge. Um, and then the print magazine uh, kind of spawned into sassmagazine.com, which is now a national uh, resource for just uh, to celebrate real women. We call it real for real, real women, about real women, by real women. So it's like no nonsense about everything that women enjoy um, and like and and or are challenged by. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, so I was. I looked at the website and it doesn't seem like it's Maryland focused or anything. So uh, yeah, it's for everyone. The, the online, yeah. the online is for everyone. Mm -hmm. The print publication right now is for Western Maryland. Um, and through all of that, while we were kind of launching that, we also this is a really long story, so I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. It's interesting. Um, um, also, on our design side of things, we had a lot of pet and pet related businesses or organizations, associations. Um, so we started doing a lot more work specifically with petpreneurs or pet businesses as well. And one of our clients was a pet magazine, a regional pet magazine. Um, and we worked, we worked with the previous owner for five or six years. And then just last year, she um, kind of moved on and she went and she joined a national organization, um, uh, Pilots for Paws. Uh, which is like this great organization that transports, that takes pilots and transports dogs in need, um, like to sa to safety, basically. Right. Um, so she was focusing on that, and she approached me because we had worked together for years to see if I was interested in it. I had never thought about starting or running a second magazine ever, um, but it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. So we went ahead and I took over her, her magazine, but we wanted to change it so that it, it had kind of our voice, our, what we had established through SAS, um, that voice. So we, we kind of changed it. We ended up changing the name because we didn't want it to be regionally focused. We wanted it to be nationally focused. So for everybody. So we changed the name to everyday dog magazine. Um, and now we're kind of, posting articles that are more lifestyle based. So more for the everyday, basically the everyday dog owner, um, the things that everyday dog owners are interested in. And again, those are fun things, um, you know, from topics from like how to throw 
how to throw a birthday party for your dog to like really important things like what's the difference, you know, what are some um, foods that your dog can't eat or the difference between, um, between shelters or what to know. So it, it ranges for like really fun things to really important things. So, so how do you come up with your, with your ideas for your content for everyday dog magazines? You guys, like go around and and pull people to dog park or you just you're you're obviously all dog lovers at your at your studio so maybe you just sit around how do you how do you come up with everything and um and how how often are you putting out new stuff I guess so coming up with things is actually kind of kind of easy right now because we you know we're a creative team our our studio there's uh, four of us um, who work here and then we have one or two interns depending on the time um so it's just a hub of creativity all day long. Um, but a lot of a lot of ways we um, we think about what we you know what we want to know because we're all dog dog owners and lovers. Um, we think we listen to what uh, our friends or our colleagues or a lot of our clients because a lot of our clients are pet businesses. Right. So you know we have that that aspect as well. Um, and in that regard of knowing your audience essentially we're our audience. So when, when we say, Oh my God, I'm really excited. I really want to know a lot about this. It's really easy to write it because that's who we're writing it for. Um, but we also like to reach out, um, to other dog bloggers or dog professionals, dog organizations, and have, have them help and contribute story ideas and, um, you know, submit and submit or pitch a story idea. So we get a lot of ideas that way as well. Yeah. It seems like there's an endless stream of ideas, but as someone who's been blogging for five years, like I do get writer's yeah. block and I get stumped sometimes, but, but there are so many things. I was just thinking while you were talking about, um, I saw a dog recently that this girl had taken, it was like a little Pomeranian or something and she'd gotten it groomed. And I'm so like, I don't really know much about the little dog ownership world (laughs) but she had had this little dog groomed and um had like a crystal bindi kind of like put on the dog's (laughs) forehead and I was just like thinking to myself I'm like I wonder if crystal bindis are safe for (laughs) use on your dog (laughs) to make sure they don't eat it um but that could there you go that's an article idea (laughs) yeah that's that's how it happens just walking down the street and noticing something and it turns into an article somehow (laughs) I love it so so you mentioned reaching out to like other other bloggers and dog organizations but are there ways that like that listeners or that your readers can get involved in in either or both magazines Yes, definitely. We, um, for both magazines, uh, we're always looking for guest contributors. Um, so either if you're a, a writer or a blogger um, or somebody who maybe hasn't done a lot of writing or ha- used to and wants to get back into it, um, reach definitely reach out to us. We're always looking um, to work with people. And if you don't have a specific story idea, we can, we can assign you something or suggest something. Um, or if you have a certain um, expertise that you – that you want to write about, um, or an idea, we are open to having people pitch us story ideas. So we're always looking for contributors. Um, we also, I, I wrote down a couple things. <laughs> also, of course, any, any dog business, um, can also advertise with us. Any, and actually any dog business or any women oriented business can also advertise with us. We have a lot of opportunities where we will write a business spotlight about you. So our readers can get to know kind of not just what you offer, but 
who your company is and who, what your values are and your mission. Um, we also have opportunities for sponsored content. So to sponsor an article, um, that we write. So that might, you know, that's a great price point. And then of course, advertising and stuff, but that's a good way for businesses to get involved. Um, or we're also looking for like, if anybody has a new product or something, we do a lot of contests. So we're, we're happy to use, use your product as a prize to give away to kind of help, help build info about that. Um, if you're in the Maryland or DC Metro region, we do have a lot of events uh, through SAS magazine that are for uh, women, women oriented events that are just a lot of fun. Um, just a, a great kind of no agenda networking type things where you can, get to know other women. And then we have some things that we call SAS classes where you can learn some really fun and cool things. Um, so if you're in the region, uh, definitely come to one of our events. That sounds then, very fun. And then last, of course, you know, engaging with us and following us on social media, any suggestions, even if you're a reader and you have a suggestion or a question, we're always on our social media channels and we are always asking and looking for just feedback. So that's a good, easy way to get involved also. Yeah, and see, see what you're posting about and maybe pitch some ideas, perhaps. Yeah, so, or sharing photos with us or just anything, really. We just, we, we do want to just, we're, we're new at this, so we're, you know, we're open, it's open to anything. Do you um, have a, a signature hashtag that people should use if they want to tag you in their posts? Um, yeah, for Everyday Dog, it is Everyday Dog Mag. Okay. And for SAS Magazine, it's just SAS Magazine. All right. Well, everyone, there you go as a challenge for you. Start tagging that hashtag on your posts and we yep. connect with each other. <laughs> yep. Um, so so you, I, I think if I understand right, you did used to work in some sort of a more structured nine to five gig um, before, before you started doing all of your own things. Um, and I, I think that a lot of the people that, that I speak to through this show have a day job and they really want to leave it to pursue something dog related or pet related. So do you mm -hmm. have any advice for someone who, who's looking to do that? I do. So yeah, I did, I did have a nine to five job. I was a graphic designer at a studio before I started my own, um, studio. My one, my first advice to be, uh, that I always tell people is you'll know you're ready when that's all you can think about, when you fall asleep thinking about your job, when you wake up in the morning and when you dream about it. And when it's, even when you're working, if it's constantly in the back of your, of your mind, when that happens, you're probably maybe ready to go ahead and take the leap. Um, but I also will say kind of plan ahead, um, a little bit. So for me, I had planned a year in advance. I knew that January, um, I told myself that was my goal, my new year's goal. Like by the end of this year, that that's, that's it. I'm going to be starting my own business by the end of this year. Um, so I gave myself kind of that, that deadline. So I think that's also really good too, because that allowed me to sort of have a year where I was planning in the background, um, for this business. So I, I didn't just, you know, quit my job and then I wasn't just like, Oh my God, what do I do? Right. I had a, I had a plan. I had, I worked on my website. I, you know, I worked on who my audience was going to be branding information, all of that. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, to do that as well. I had a journal and I found it just the other day. I had this journal that whenever I would take my lunch break, working at my line nine to five, I would just like write down ideas just, and I just kept a stream of thoughts. And then that's what I kind of used to when I was ready, like as my, that's a great you know, idea. Um, I need so, to start doing yeah. that. 
yeah, it, it was, it was good. It was helpful. And it was really cool to kind of look back on it and, and see that oh, I, I've been in business for 10, a little over 10 years now. So looking back on it, finding it 10 years later and saying, Oh my God, I, I actually did most of this stuff. Yeah. Was, that's awesome. pretty cool. I love um, that. But yeah, if, if you're at that point, um, then, you know, I mean, go for it. I, it, you, you don't have to know everything. I didn't know everything, uh-uh. I, you know, and I still don't know everything I'm figuring out along the way. You just have to have a curiosity, a drive, and you have to be self-motivated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so not only did you start one business, but now you have three businesses. So <laughs> juggling all of that, are there any apps like specific programs or anything that you rely on that like completely save your life for me it's planally that is what I use to plan out my Instagram posts and everything so do you have anything like that that you just can't live without yes um we cannot live without slack mm-hmm. um which is kind of uh, for us we use it uh, because there's four of us in the office we use it as an in- inner communication um but I know a lot of people use it also for their clients but slack is kind of like a instant, like a messaging, um, app that you can use. You can send files through it. Um, you can create channels for each thing that you're talking about and you can easily go and look back. That has sort of, uh, changed the way that we do business here when we started using it about two years ago. So Slack is really great for communication, especially if you have, um, whether you have contractors that you're working with or employees or clients that are all over the place, it's a really great way to, to talk to people all in one. Um, we're currently using plan for our Instagram mm-hmm. planning, um, which is kind of a new app for us that we're, we're really liking. And then uh, we also, we use WordPress. All of our websites are on WordPress. So that is a really, really helpful tool. Um, we have a, you know, an S- SEO plugin that it's included on the word on the back end of the WordPress, um, we're able to plan all of our plan and schedule and draft all of our articles and things like that. So, if you're looking for a really good uh, website for your business um, platform, I would highly, highly suggest WordPress. Good, yeah, I I use WordPress too, and and I love it. And I have, I guess I just have my two websites now. <laughs> Over the years, I've managed like various different websites, but uh-huh. it's so nice to just manage different things that are like on the same platform so that, you know, you have like that muscle memory of where to click to make things happen. Exactly. Yeah. And it gets easier. Sometimes it's kind of scary when you go into the back end and like, you don't want to break the internet, but once you, once you figure it out, it's a little, it gets pretty intuitive. I did. I broke my website last week, but thanks to (laughs) the wonderful people at GoDaddy, I got it back up and running. (laughs) Yeah. It is scary when that happens. But you, Generally, not always, but most of the time, you can recover it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so this has been really awesome. But before we go, I want to hear, of course, about your dogs, um, because that is like the reason why we all get up in the morning. So um, tell me about your two pit bulls, Kai and Bruce, and how you met them. So Kai and Bruce are both uh, both rescued pit bulls. Um, we've had Kai and they're both old now. Kai's I think 13 and Bruce is 11. Um, so they're, they're getting up there in age. Um, but they're still, you know, super spunky and, you know, have their own personalities. We got Kai 12 years ago. We got him when he was one years old and 
I think we had him for maybe six years and we decided, you know what, Kai needs a friend. <laughs> so we went ahead and we found Bruce. Um, and it's really funny. They're both male pit bulls, which um, is kind of unusual that they, they, well, not unusual, but we made sure that they got along really mm-hmm. well and everything before. And they're just like the best, best buddies like ever. Um, we call them each their, they're each companion dogs for each other. Like, yeah. like um, so yeah. Um, and do they get we, along with your cat? Um, they get along with the cat. The cat doesn't so much get along with them. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're interested in the cat and they'll go and smell her. And, and when Kai was younger, he tried to play with her. She did not want to have anything <laughs> to do with that. So now they all just kind of live. They just kind of deal with each other. <laughs> yeah. They kind of like do their own thing. Yeah. But we <laughs> felt, we fell in love with the, the pit bull breed if, if you want to call them a breed um several years ago we ended up my husband ended up a friend of ours in college had a pit bull at at school in college and he lived in southeast washington dc and when he went home for summer break pit bulls were banned in dc so yeah. he couldn't he couldn't bring his dog back so my um husband then boyfriend um took him for the summer took kalua her for the summer and we just fell in love with the breed and when when we had a chance to get our own dog, that was you know that was the breed that we we went with. Yeah, so. they can be really sweet pets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. it was so wonderful to talk to you. Tell everyone who's listening how they can best find you. We gave them a lot of ideas, but um, <laughs> I know. just to remind everyone, what's the best way to find you? So the best way to find us, um, if you are a pet business and you're interested in uh, like some creative services or or even just want to you know, bounce some ideas. You can find us at SAS, that's S-A-S-S, creativestudios.com. Um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram at um, SAS Creative Studios uh, for all of our handles. And then if you are interested in possibly getting involved with Everyday Dog Magazine, whether writing, contributing um, as an advertiser or suggestions, however, um, you can find us online at everydaydogmagazine.com. And then our handles for Facebook and Instagram are just Everyday Dog Mag. Awesome. And if everyone wants to go to wearwagrepeat.com, I keep all the show notes for every episode there. So you can easily find the links if you are out walking your dog right now and you can't remember the URLs. You can just go back to wearwagrepeat and find links for all of this stuff. So thank you so much for being on the show, Kim. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes for this episode at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, Lucy and I will see you around the dog park.